I'm glad to see that Ethan could make it with us tonight. The title of this evening's lesson is Waste Not, O Steward, and is taken from Matthew chapter 25 and verses 14 through 30. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. If you are familiar with the parables of our Lord, this is the parable of the talents. <clears throat> we will not be going into a lot of discussion of this parable, but we will use it as a springboard into what the lesson is mainly about. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he would receive the five talents, went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he would receive two, gain two more also. But he would receive one, went and dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The parable which our Lord told has to do with using what God gives you. It means not allowing what the Lord gives you to go to waste, not being lazy and unprofitable with what God has blessed you with. The lesson this evening should leave you asking, am I a good steward? Am I a good manager of what God has blessed me with? This evening I would like to cover just one topic under the subject of being a good steward and a faithful servant. That topic is not money, although it is far more valuable than money. It is not special gifts or talents such as singing, academics, athletics, or playing a musical instrument. No, the topic is time. 
and what we do with it. As you sit here this evening, there are some of our number, a few who have never considered how long they have to live. Getting old has probably never crossed their minds, but as sure as I'm standing here, most of you will grow old. I say most of you because some of you may not. None of us knows how long we have on this earth. There are those who will try to extend their lives through proper diet and exercise. Some people may try to full-time by wearing younger-looking clothing or changing their hairstyle or hair color. There are those who will try to stop time by having plastic surgery. However, no matter what we do, we cannot stop the passage of time. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 90 and verse 10 says, The days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength there are 80, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. And in the book of James, chapter 4, and verses 13 and 14, it speaks to us, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. God allows each person only so much time. It's what you do with that time that matters. May I make four suggestions on how to spend your time. Number one, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. This means to respect the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in everything. The areas in which this applies are that of personal morality and conduct. The way you carry out your responsibilities and duties as you serve God and this congregation throughout the week or when we assemble. The whole area of thought, word, or deed, and even the secret purposes of the soul. If you are doing all in the name of the Lord and giving thanks to God through our Lord, it will be obvious to others that you're a Christian and the example you set may lead someone to Christ. Number two, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. In this passage, Paul was clearly focused on the Christians controlling their thoughts. To live as God would have us, let us think of these qualities which possess positive value. Thinking of such things will lead to lives which exemplify these thoughts. By meditating on such things, we will contribute to the overall joy and unity of our own Christian fellowship. It is clear that what we think about shapes our attitudes. By meditating on these things, our thoughts will be the right thoughts. 
our minds will be focused on good and not on evil. When our minds are occupied with good and virtuous thoughts, there will be little room for Satan. Remember, whatever we think about affects what we say and what we do. Number three, pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 By realizing our own weaknesses, shortcomings, and dependence on God, the child of God will find themselves in earnest and fervent prayer. We need to seek the help of God in all of our difficulties, our temptations, and the trials of our life. David Lipscomb stated this, A spirit of prayer and devotion should be so cultivated and maintained in the Christian's heart that they will make every breath drawn, fragrant with the odor of prayer. To omit prayer from our day is a mistake. The omission of prayer brings failure, a loss of temper, absence of joy, weariness, and yes, even discouragement. Spending time in prayer brings us without fail joy and strength from our God. How can you go wrong without spending your time in prayer? By humbly and sincerely petitioning God, your relationship with the Father will grow and you will become more intimate. You will be amazed how the cares of this world will lessen and often fade away as you give your problems over to God. And finally, number four, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. In the first half of this verse, Paul urges Timothy to present himself amidst the false teachers as a real teacher of the truth. Timothy was to present himself fit for service, having withstood the test. The same word that the Greeks used for one who has stood the test is also used to describe gold or silver, which has been purified of all alloys in the fire. This would stand for money, which is genuine, or as we would say, sterling. It also would describe a stone, which is shaped to be fitted into a place in a building. A stone with a flaw was marked with a capital A, standing for adokimastos, which means tested and found wanting. Timothy would be tested that he might be a fit servant for the work of Christ, and therefore a workman who need not be ashamed. In the second part of our verse, Timothy is urged to rightly divide the word of truth. The Greek word orthotomian was translated to divide rightly, but it literally means to cut rightly. The Greeks used the word in three different connections. They used it for driving a straight road across country, for plowing a straight furrow across the field, and for the work of a mason as they cut and squared a stone so that it would fit in its correct place in the structure of a building. So the person who rightly divides the word of truth drives a straight road through the truth and refuses to be lured down pleasant but irrelevant side roads. They plow a straight furrow across the field of truth. They take each section of the truth and they fit it into its correct position as a mason does a stone, allowing no part to knock the whole structure off its balance 
due to poor workmanship. In order to rightly divide the word of truth, you have to study it. There's no other way. If you spend time reading God's word, you will know what his word says and what his will is for you. If you don't know your Bible, it's very difficult, it's very hard to teach an unbeliever what it says. God's word will lead you, it will strengthen you, and it will help you lead others to Christ. We spend time on our computers, we all do that. We take time to watch TV. We spend time, you know, talking on telephones, texting. We spend time doing various activities and social events. We must be very careful how we spend our time. We cannot be con considered lazy or unprofitable by our Lord by how we spend our time. Remember, don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. Spend your time with God and in his service. That is our lesson this evening. I know everyone here is a member of the church other than Ethan. So if there is anyone that has a concern this evening, any brother or sister has something that is weighing on their heart, we would like to know what that is. We are here to pray for you. We're here to support you in whatever need you might have. So together, we stand and sing our hymn of invitation. Please let us know what your need is. Presented by